Cubicle to CEO offers programs that generate massive impact. In the last year alone, they've helped over 750 aspiring educators successfully launch their first online course in just three days' time through their bi-monthly live challenge called Paid to Create. Inside their signature 12-month mentorship program, dozens of service providers, coaches, and freelancers have also made their first $10,000 revenue month with audiences of less than 1,000. Hear these students' inspiring stories and learn from their detailed case studies by searching and subscribing to Cubicle to CEO on your favorite podcast player. To all our new and dedicated listeners, you know how much we value supporting women in business here at the Heart and Hustle podcast. We are so happy to share this week's show sponsor, Cubicle to CEO, an amazing podcast that elevates the financial footprint of women entrepreneurs everywhere. Stop guessing when it comes to the finances of your business and start feeling empowered to boost your business's revenue with guidance from some of the best experts in business now. Cubicle to CEO, hosted by Ellen Yin, is a weekly show bringing you case study interviews with leading entrepreneurs and CEOs so you can borrow a specific new revenue growth strategy from each guest that has already been successfully implemented in their own business. Skip the expensive and time-consuming learning curve of testing what actually works by learning from the best and brightest business mentors every Monday. Grab a snack and settle in to hear about the financial details of Cubicle to CEO. Tune in to Cubicle to CEO's case study with Girls Who Code, which I personally love because I've worked with them before, used to be a code mentor, so definitely listen to this episode, to reveal how they achieved impressive enrollment increases by more than 200% during a global pandemic, a jump from 1,600 to 5,000 students enrolled that brought their total students served over to 500,000. Episode 143 goes into detail with the fabulous Dr. Tarika Barrett, the CEO of Girls Who Codes, an international nonprofit organization working to close the gender gap in technology. Want to use the best income growth strategies from top entrepreneurs and CEOs, including Ellen herself? You can binge listen to the past income reports on Cubital CEO today, plus receive your free access to your first 10K month masterclass and a bonus workbook by going to our special link today. That is zen.ai backslash heart CEO altogether. Again, that's zen.ai backslash heart CEO. Have fun listening. Hello, friends. Welcome back to the Heart and Hustle podcast. I am Angelica Yard. And I'm Charisma O'Keefe. And we are here weekly talking to you about entrepreneurship, business, balance, and so many other things. And last week we talked about basically the end of the world, which is what we talk about a lot here. But today we're going to say the world has been ending the entire time we've had this podcast, so it's fine. (laughs) I know. It's actually because we started in, uh, you know, 2016, January 2016. Mm -hmm. And that's really when there was a huge shift of... (laughs) We started in January 2016. By November 2016, things were... For sure. Uh, It's been been a lot. And, you know, yeah, it's just a lot. I mean, there's a lot going on. Um, And, you know, we covered a lot of it last week. But, yeah, it's, it's... it's a lot. I know I say that all the time, but it's always true. Just every other week. I will say, fine. you know, my my biggest advice to anybody right now is like, if you can afford therapy, please do it because you deserve it. It is super helpful. 
Um, it helps so many different things. It's helped me so much with my anxiety. Um, it is a game changer. And yeah, it's it's just, it's worth the money. I think it's like the most important thing that I spend money on every month. So yeah, if you if you can afford it, if you have an employer that covers it, anything like that, please, please, please go to therapy because I just feel like even if life is going like pretty well for you at the moment, if you just happen to be a person, um, that's probably- I was going to say, like if you just wake up today, it's not going well. (laughs) And that's the thing is like, you know, most people have their own things, plus they are a person in this this world. And and specifically if you're in America, then there's that. Um, So yeah, so it's like, it's, it's a lot on top of a lot. So- yeah, how do you say? say America's not even like America's most of the problems are its own people being not smart and people using poor choices, but there are places where there's so many things outside of people's extent of their control, yes. like Ukraine yeah. and Ecuador and all these other places. So I'm like, it's so it's so disheartening when and, and there's nothing wrong with like being upset because you live in America and America is full of people who make poor choices, but it's also like it's all mostly self-inflicted. Yeah. And other people have so many other things in the world that they that, can't yeah. do anything about. <laughs> people, because if the people, like, if you're one of the people that's not making those choices, but you still have to be affected by the choices of others in this country. And for whatever reason, there's a decent part of the population that just wants to see other people in their country suffer. Like, that's just what they, like, it's their main goal. Um, so that's definitely disheartening for sure. Um, but yeah, that's why I say therapy if possible, because, you know, there's issues, there's issues happening, but (laughs) we'll, we'll let that go. We talked about that last week. Today, we are going to talk about email marketing. (laughs) The, the the other side of the coin of the world ending is sending emails in case you didn't get the memo. We did tell you last week, we're going to talk about business. So (laughs) whoops. (laughs) So, yeah. So email marketing is something that I feel like a lot of people, when especially when they're first getting into business, they're a little bit overwhelmed by. Um, and also, like, I feel like there's a huge distaste because, I mean, we just saw it with, you know, everything with Democrats sending emails being like, hey, do you want rights? Like, we heard that you lost all your rights. Give us $17, you know? <laughs> You know, somebody being like, oh, here's a Juneteenth sale or whatever. Like, there's a lot of companies that send out emails every single day, Um, you know, and even when you're like, oh, I just need the important ones, like, they still will send way more than they probably should. Um, So there's definitely a lot of people that I think have distaste for it. And when they get into owning their own business, they're like, okay, I realize that I have to do sales as a part of this, but... They just don't feel super comfortable being in people's inbox like that. And so, you know, I think that there's a way to do it without harassing people, you know what I mean? And really giving them value and, you know, still being able to share your product or service, whatever, but being able to give some value and not like, again, bombarding them. Now, I think it's different if you obviously have, like, I've seen people that do, um, daily emails because people are like, I need a daily motivation or I want to know what's going on in the world daily. Like if you have like a newsletter or something like that. So that can be different, but probably every single day you don't want to be like sale, sale, bye, bye. Um, you want to be strategic about it. So first we'll talk about why 
it is important to utilize email marketing. Um, I think one of the biggest things, especially which we're, we're seeing right now with people being so burnt out on social media and just completely over it, is that you don't have to rely solely on social media if you have a good email list and you are utilizing email marketing. And so if you're like looking at these reels and you're looking at the TikToks and you're just like, yeah, I'm not going to do that. Like I, I don't have the capacity. I'm exhausted. I don't want to post daily, whatever it is. And we're seeing a lot of like creative people. I just saw a singer the other day who was like, yeah, I'm not going to be on here very much. I just can't deal anymore. So like, We'll put out like the major press releases and things like that. But like, I'm just, I'm not going to do it. So there's definitely like a shift happening with, I think, people using social media differently because they're burned out. Um, So this is a way that you can create like content that's going out to your, you know, target client, your target customer, but without having to do exactly what a social media platform wants you to do, right? Because when you're posting on social media, you're posting within the confines of that particular platform. You're making, if you're making a tweet, you have to make a tweet. You know, if you're on Instagram, you're doing reels, you're doing stories, you're doing a post. Um, But if you're doing an email, you kind of have a little bit more leeway to make it creative in the way that you want to do and put the content in there that you want to put in there. Um, So you can control the messaging a little bit more. You can control how that's delivered a little bit more and what it looks like, um, how short it is, how long it is. Does it have video? Does it not? Is it, you know, still photography? Whatever it is that you want to do, you get to control that message a little bit and not have to like play the social media game. Um, And you also don't have to worry about, let's say like doing it, you know, three times a day or whatever the current algorithm situation is for it to be seen. And you don't have to worry about paying more money for it to be like sent to the person that you're trying to send it to. So I feel like that's a huge one is just being able to either opt out of the social media game or rely on it less heavily. Yeah, it's the oldest form of internet marketing, to be fair. It's just email because that's one of the first things that mostly existed on the internet was email. Um, before even website ads, people had emails and they had newsletter lists or mailing lists, et cetera, where you would just manually collect a group of people's emails and just kind of send it in through from your Yahoo or your AOL. And that was very popular. And so let me tell you, many people still do this um, because that's the way they learned how to email market and that's what they're going to do. And so it's, like Charisma said, mostly effective in terms of being a lower barrier to entry because it's most people have email on the internet. And so most people know how to collect emails and understand how that works. However, the way that laws have changed and the way that we now have to think about privacy, if you're doing things correctly, is a little bit more uh, thought invoking and you have to be strategic. And so that's where it's kind of like, yes, it's nice because you do get to opt out of noise with social media and you can kind of focus on this one thing, but the cons are you have to do it correctly to get opens and get seen and make sure that you're converting. And that is a little bit more difficult versus sometimes with social media, if you have an audience that's plugged in and things are going well, it's a little easier to get people to convert. But now what's happening is that the world is just generally on fire. And so people are using social media to get their news. People are not shopping online as much. People are not interacting online with content creators as much. I will even, in fact, say over the weekend, it was very awkward (laughs) to watch content creators just continue content creating in the U.S. just because 
it, again, this is with anything. It's like, what can, what else can you do? You know, especially if it, if it a doesn't affect you, which it affects everybody. But for some people, you know, they don't feel like they want to get involved. They are very neutral. But being neutral in a space where people have such strong opinions in either way feels very awkward online. So you see, like, your Instagram stories is like the abortion funds, this is clinic, da, 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 da. or even people who are posting Bible verses or whatever it is. And then you have the person who's like, I'm going to Target. I'm getting Starbucks. I'm going, you know what I mean? Like brand deal, hashtag ad. And they're not getting as much interaction and they're not seeing the results that they see need to see because of the general world news. And it has nothing really outside of just the Supreme Court ruling, there's just a lot of stuff happening, again, like I talked about globally, where it's very difficult to get people targeted in and zoned in on your content because they're overwhelmed with the news. Like, the news is reported on social media. Most people don't have cable anymore. Most people don't even know their local channels. Like, so many people have moved away from home, so they move to places they don't know their local radio stations, they don't know their local news anchors to their local news channels, they don't watch big world news because there is you know skewing and misinformation shared on cable news channels all the time so people use social media to get their news or use internet and so you i i love that you sell shoes but i won't be able to see your shoe sale because i am being bombarded with you know breaking news which happens and because i think so many people like feel like they have to weigh in on every issue um, which I think it's great to weigh in on the shoes. I think sometimes people, sometimes people don't know what they're talking about. I'm not talking about with this issue, but I'm talking about with many of past issues. Um, but everybody will weigh in. So it's like, there's just so It's just so much. It's just, it's, it's a little too much. And like you said, yeah. people are overwhelmed. A lot of people are like, you know what? I'm out. I'm yeah. going to connect with you some other way. And this is where yeah. email marketing is so effective because it is kind of like your private, quiet audience. And if you do it correctly, people are more in tune to open your emails. I will say the return on the newsletter was a big thing in 2021, 2020, and it's kind of still going where people have gone back to even stopping blogging or micro blogging on social media and just crafting their newsletters. Ali uh, Lehman of the Wonder Jam is a very great example of this because she's had this weekly newsletter that she's done for, I think, two, maybe even three years now. And she has a very dedicated audience to people who show up every Sunday to read her thoughts. And, like, Mm. it's very consistent and very private because it's not shown out online. So I feel like she even feels a little bit more emboldened to share maybe her most important thoughts because you know it's not really going to get shared on social media some of it does but for the most part it's kind of just lives in the inbox so that's where email is really exciting and effective um so this is where you you get into kind of the nitty-gritty of like what to do how to do it and there's so many different ways and so many different types i think we'll just cover a little bit of that but we, we obviously can't get into all of it because everybody uses email so differently Yeah, so there's like four main types that we'll kind of go through today. So acquisition, retention, promotion, and newsletters. So acquisition is going to be when you are trying to acquire, you know, a new uh, client or new customer. So this is where you hear terms like sales funnel and things like that, because a lot of times you're trying to get somebody to, you know, become a fan of your brand or, or just kind of like introduce them to what you do, let them know what you're about. So this can often happen when someone has like gone to your page and maybe hasn't like, maybe they've gone to your website, but they haven't bought anything yet. 
Um, and so you kind of are trying to like reel them in and be like, Hey, this is what we're about. We're trying to educate you on our brand and what we do and what our processes are and whatever. Um, so that they can just kind of get a little bit more, uh, in the know of like what you're all about. And a lot of times people will have like a series of maybe four emails that you're going to get or two or three or just one, whatever works best for, you know, you, but a lot, oftentimes there's a series of emails that somebody will get when they first sign up with a new business or brand. So, you know, again, they're because you kind of don't want to overwhelm them sometimes in that first email if you kind of have a lot to say. So people will kind of break it up and then also try to use that to get the sales. So you kind of think about it like I think about it like if you're if meeting somebody in person and you're trying to tell them like, yeah, well, this is what I do, you know, and you kind of have a conversation, you're kind of like making that conversation be in the email. So acquisition emails are very, very popular. We've all seen them. You might, if one is written well and it's done well, you might not even understand how salesy it is. Um, if they're, you know, selling you this lifestyle, this brand, like, and it's, you know, you're, you're just like so excited about getting the email you, and you, they do a great job. You might not even feel like you're being super sold to, but those are typically what acquisition emails are is like selling you not just on a product or a service, but on the actual brand and the business and trying to make you a, a fan and a client customer of that particular brand and business. Um, so those are very popular. We've all seen those. Um, retention ones, which I mean, again, I feel like newsletters can be retention ones as well. Um, but retention one is just trying to keep that customer. So letting them know that you're there in the same way that like brands will show up on social media every single day. Um, you know, it's basically like you're just kind of showing up, letting them know, maybe giving them some more information. A lot of times you'll see like brands will do like, you know, oh, that do this for fall. This is for summer. Yeah. Like stuff like that. That's not, maybe they're showing you stuff, but it's not like super heavy on the promotion. And that would be like a retention email. I find that a lot of them have, um, like they're informational, um, and then promotions, promotions, they're promoting, you know, you're promoting, uh, maybe a new line, maybe you're promoting a sale, you're promoting new products for, you know, a new season, whatever, you know, promotion you have going on at the time, maybe you're giving a discount code, um, or saying like buy one, get one free or whatever. Um, and then newsletters, which I think are my favorite type of email. Um, because like, like you were saying, like alleys are so great. Like they're so, they feel so personal. Um, I feel like I know her like way better than I actually know her because I read her emails. Um, and it feels so much more personal than like watching someone in like a reel or something like that. I don't know. I can't put my finger on what it is, but I think that kind of like you said, like maybe it is just like the authenticity of like her knowing that like if you're here, you're actually here to hear what I'm saying. You're not just scrolling and like happen to come across me. I'm not trying to like keep you hooked on my reel or TikTok or whatever. Like I'm just saying what I want to say and this is my space to do so. So it, it just comes across as so authentic. And I find that every single email she puts out, even if I'm not like, you know, buying something or whatever, I'm, I'm clicking through every link that she shares and I'm finding stuff that I'm like, Oh, this is so cool. I didn't know about this. Um, so I get really excited when I see people's like newsletters and I think that it can be such a huge way to build a brand because, you know, she has that newsletter and I feel like, Oh, I trust her and she's awesome. And whatever, I feel like a brand loyalty to her in a sense. Right. And so then when she does something like puts out an amazing book, 
I make sure to go to anthropology and like demand that it be in their store for sure. And cause it like, I think it had sold out at the spring store and then go like buy it. You know what I mean? So I think that it's like, it's a really great way to create like brand fans that are going to be loyal and understand your brand because they have that newsletter to kind of tune into all the time. Yeah, for sure. I think that Ali's always a great example of newsletters. To touch a little bit on acquisition, what most people do in terms of acquisition and retention, very similarly connected, is kind of that welcome drip campaign. And drip campaigns are just very popular and kind of a, a term that you hear a lot in email marketing. And what that just means, like Charisma talked about, is that series of emails that you send out that just kind of, you know, targets when a user does something. So when you first subscribe, you get like that, hey, welcome to our company. I'm so glad that you're here. Da, 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 da. We'll be in touch to see how you go. And maybe you're shopping and you kind of see interest in something. And then it triggers a second email maybe a week later. Hey, we know that you're into aquatics. Love to hear that. Um, these are some of our favorite aquatic items, et cetera. So it, it usually is very effective because it's very personable and it's very um, targeted and personalized. Or it's just general, like you talked about, like the kind of like meet and greet like, hey, thank you for subscribing. And then like a week later, did you know that I also like walk on walls? I'm Spider-Man, <laughs> you know, that type of thing. So there's various different ways. But the reason why that, you know, like you said, that initial email acquisition campaign is so important because it builds that loyalty and it gets people excited about opening those emails. And if you do it effectively, if you have the right subject, if you have the right content, people are actually interested and engaged. And the point is to kind of get people back to make an action, whether that is to book services with you, or if that's to uh, go ahead and purchase a product. So there's a variety of different things that you could be doing during that acquisition time that also kind of translates into that retention time too, you know, because after like a month, now it's important to have a client where I was saying, what do you do? Because they they really do a service that's kind of like a one-time thing. And then it's like, okay, we're done with that thing. What do you do as the backup to kind of get in touch with someone after they're done to get to continue in action or also to now refer people to you? Do you send out a drip email? And that's kind of the retention policy. It's like now you get people loyal to your brand. You send out an email that's like, hey, I'm so glad that you did this thing. Refer your friends or send a review or da 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 da. So you continue that policy or then continue to give them information and updates about the service. So if you have new technology that comes out or you introduce a new service, that's where that retention is so important because you keep them in interested and like also again as being a further consumer or again like a brand enthusiast where now they're excited about the brand because they had such good experience with whatever they did that they're excited about whatever is in their inbox and they're forwarding it to their friends they're like hey so-and-so has a sale in this thing which i'm sure you do i do it all the time (laughs) when my favorite brand has a sale i forward it to a friend that has like an interest in that brand and they're like hey you know rifle had a sale sidewalk sale let's go like whatever it is um so that's where that retention comes in. And then, of course, like the promotion, like Christmas said, it's when you want to highlight something that's a one-time thing that's happening, whether that be a sale, again, a new service, a new location opening. This is where you kind of like hype people up. You're like, oh, this is so excited. Let's promote something. But it is to a bigger audience most of the time versus kind of your smaller, unique audience. So this is where you kind of go general audience goal. I won't say balls to the wall, but balls to the wall. Uh, sorry, children <laughs> who are listening. And just kind of go all out and be interested. The issue with promotional emails is that is the number one type of email people send. And so that is what is clogging up your inbox in that other folder that you don't check. That is Gap. 
Gap Old Navy, if you have ever shopped at Gap Old Navy, no Old Navy or Banana Republic, they send an email every, it's sometimes twice Mm -hmm. a day. And that's promotional email is their email. Long. And it's long. It's like a newspaper ad. It is full of images. It is so, but it's effective for them. That is their brand. That's people. And I will say, if I'm in store, I just search Old Navy to get the coupon they send me. Because they send a coupon every time they send an email. <laughs> like I feel like there's a coupon at the bottom. Yeah. And I like just find that coupon and I'm like, okay. And I scan it on my phone. And it's up. So it's like, that's why I don't unsubscribe, but I don't open them. You know what I mean? And that's, that's what they exactly know. what I do. I actually, I wait until Margot tells me, like she lets me know when like leggings are on sale because she knows I'll grab exactly the $10 legging sale, which comes like once a month. Yeah. I'll check on, you know, I'll check through and I'll be like, Oh, I'll check the email now and use that coupon. I do the same thing for Michael's too. Yeah, for sure. I do. I can see where the long email is effective for them too. Cause I do think if I actually scrolled all the way through it, I'd probably be like, well, I'm going to buy something, but that's why I just don't open them. Yeah. But we're like, we're marketers. So we know how we're being marketed to. And we know like, we only look for what we want. Another one that's really good right now, actually, which is funny is West Elm. I'm subscribed to West email. I do not open the emails again because they send them all the time, but through social media, this West Elm cell is so good and effective that there's been a lot of referrals back. Like people have been like, I bought this thing that's on sale. Like it's a 30% off sale, which is unusual for West Elm. If you know, West Elm is a brand, it's a luxury brand, so to speak. Um, I I would say lower level luxury, obviously it's not a Prada or a Gucci, but it is a, they don't have a lot of mid end furniture and accessories for home. And so now you can go in and kind of get like planters that used to be a hundred bucks for $60 or et cetera. So, they are having a big sale and I would have never caught that had it not been social media. So this is where, again, you have to tie in a little bit of that brand enthusiast. The brand enthusiasts are now on social media saying, I checked my email. This is cheap. You guys all get together. And that's where that, you know, retention comes in. So when you do send a promotion, it's effective because the people who are excited are opening every email. Whereas people who are kind of like enthusiasts, but we're marketers. So we just don't have the time. We list to our friends for that information. So this is where email marketing is so effective because like we talked about with Allie, it brings those enthusiasts who talk about it. There's somebody who shares an Instagram story about Allie's um, newsletter every single week. And that is how she's built her audience through people just saying, this is cool information that I never would have had time to find, but she has had the time to curate this information and her opinions are very well written and I, very similar to what I think. And so that's why I, you know, her email, her newsletter is effective. So this is why there are so many, and there's other types that we haven't even gotten into, but I think for what our most people's purposes are, I think those four main areas are kind of what hits the spot. Exactly. And like you said, it's so easy to like tell somebody, hey, check out this email. You know what I mean? Like it's such a, so it's like your brand fans are going to market it for you. So even the people that aren't opening or, you know, aren't checking for it, if it's sent directly to them, they're going to check for it. Um, so yeah, it's, it's super effective in that way. So I want to get into the tools that you can use to like do your email marketing and just in case anybody, cause again, like if we're starting from the very beginning and you don't know, I just want you to know that like most of these emails are going to be automated. So don't be like stressed if you're like, oh my gosh, like a drip campaign. Like I have to do a series. Like you're going to like create it and build then- it once and then it will do the magic itself. So don't think that you're going to be like every day sending out, you know, each and every email, like it's a lot of it is going to be, you know, made ahead of time. Um, So I think a really great tool for being able to do effective like email marketing and kind of having everything all in one 
like go is Flowdesk because it's really easy to use. I think that the templates are beautiful uh, if you want to like, you know, have a template and not create your own. Um, and they just have everything like in-house to use. Like it's so easy to put together and it's, it's really quick as well. Um, so that would be like probably my like top number one, you know, back in the day for a long time, I used MailChimp, but are they, they're like bad now, right? Like they're bad. Well, again, if you're listening to this podcast for the first time, you're like, you guys have a lot of opinions on things. We typically lean very liberal (laughs) and therefore MailChimp just has some shady issues with their employees when they sold or acquired, whatever the case may be, they promise stocks to people and, uh, you know, like founding employees, et cetera. And that never happened when they got acquired. They actually just decided not to give people anything. And again, it was like an in-kind, like, when we get acquired, we're going to give you guys stocks and da, da, da. we're going to be a real tech company. And then it happened and they were like, just kidding, we're not. And then we're going to lay off a bunch of you. Um, so that's basically why a lot of people stopped using MailChimp. It also was free when it started. I think it's cost now. Like, you know, yeah, they've had a journey that's its own journey. Not as good. Like, even, I mean, like, I fully will. Yeah, some know. of the tools are antiquated and it's yeah. more difficult to use. It doesn't have an easy um, adoption rate, whereas Flowdesk or even MailerLite or some of the other tools that are a little easier, drag and drop tools, yeah. are a little easier to use. That's why another thing, like, you had to kind of, at this point, you have to have a little bit more knowledge to use MailChimp, yeah. whereas a Flowdesk is like, to me, I, I use this terminology all the time for people. It's a square space of email marketing. Yes. It's drag and drop. It's pretty templates. It's very it's like, Canva, hey. you know, square space. It's, it's super quick. Shiny fonts. Full disclosure, I will fully like not support something just, you know, because of like the way they act. Like, they got bad vibes. Like, yeah. But I will say that it's like, I mean, I used MailChimp for years, but that was because it was like, it was one of the first tools to yeah, introduce. Was, so for their credit, it was one of the easier tools versus. Yeah. Some of the um, other places, the players in so, the game. Yeah, that's kind of like why I used it for so long. And then, you know, I think in the last few years, a lot of new things have come on the market that it made me be like, oh, this is like really nice. And so it's like, well, I can put together, you know, everything I need to in MailChimp. It's just so much easier and faster in Flowdesk. And it's beautiful. Um, so that's why I like it. I'm like, we, I'm not sponsored by them. I, we probably should look into that because I feel like, I could talk about them a lot because it's just for me, again, coming from only having used MailChimp ever for like many years and then to like see what Flowdesk has to offer. It was like, wow, this is this is big. But I know you know more of them. So talk. Yeah. About- um, so I personally internally what we utilize is MailerLite just because it's very it's no number one's free. Uh, let's be real. I don't have a very large audience. I don't send a ton of emails. I have a very sins are very low but it is a drag and drop that's easy customizable that does integrate with a lot of the tools that i utilize including woocommerce is where i typically utilize that space so i just found it to be an easier platform and i like the makers and they've added more tools that i never will use but for people who only use emails they have a landing page builder now and um just curation and so i like the way their automations work which was a big thing with mailchimp because they had automations but then it became a paid feature so this is where a lot of people jump ship it's because they wanted the automations like i talked about that drip campaign but now you gotta pay for it and it's not unusual to pay for it because with um marketing cloud which is salesforce's tool or um some of the other people out in the world help spot that type of thing those are there but they're usually they 
cost money. And the whole point of MailChimp was people were like, I can do it for free, but now I can't automate for free. So a lot of people jumped ship and went to other things or cheaper services that had more to offer. Um, so MailerLite is what we use. I work with clients who are larger, who obviously use Marketing Cloud. I am trained in Marketing Cloud. It's a beast. It's tied to Salesforce or CRM. So there's a lot of more integrations in terms of like tracking your audience and the behaviors and the conversions and et cetera. And so it's a, a different beast. So a lot of people who have email marketing jobs, so to speak, use Salesforce, use Marketing Cloud or use um, HubSpot, which I'm also trained in <laughs> to build emails. And then there's other ones like Creatio. Like there's so many different email marketing tools. Some of the other ones are bigger because they're for bigger companies typically. So your kind of mom and pop shop can use Salesforce. There's nothing wrong with that. But you need a Salesforce person specifically to get you all the stuff that you need to get the best out of the tool that you're going to pay for. And it's just so expensive where it's like, I'm only using a quarter of what it can possibly do, I should use and downgrade to use something else. So typically what you hear most people using, again, in Salesforce, you have people using um, MailChimp, like we talked about. Flowdesk is a little bit of a newer tool for like the boutiques and smaller companies. MailerLite is another option. Creatio that I've utilized is a different option. Like there's so many different things. Again, and HubSpot is tied to CRM, similar to Salesforce, where they have their own email, email marketing campaigns. Not as pretty, um, not as fancy, very straight to the forward to the point email marketing, but effective because it is tied to CRM. And so it usually bigger sales marketing teams utilize it. And so it's very effective because then you can see behavior. So what I do like about HubSpot in particular as a company, as a brand, is that it's very robust and has a lot of data. And that's super helpful to understand how people use your website. Like you can put in things to track the way that people read emails, who they forwarded to. It's very creepy. Um, <laughs> very, very creepy. But effective if you want to be an effective email marketer. So there are so many different things. The thing with email marketing, though, is once you start digging into an international audience, you have to understand GDPR and the rules. A big thing right now is like, GDPR ruled against um, cloud-hosted fonts. So what does that mean? Google fonts. Well, who uses Google fonts? Most websites. So most websites now are no longer GDPR compliant because a court in Germany ruled against it. They were like, these fonts are shady. I don't like the way they're hosted. They're taking information. Like, they didn't agree with the whole situation. So that's where you need to have either a specialist or you sit down and read the nitty-gritty of those rules. You also, as an email marketer, can't just take people's emails and put it into your list and send them emails. That is against GDPR. It's against a can spam, can spam act. That's our US-based law. Um, so I think once you start to use these tools, read through their compliancy documentation because it helps you not become uncompliant. Because once you become um, non-compliant, you get banned. <laughs> um, they, they block your, your uh, domain name from sending emails. Uh, Google will blacklist you, which Gmail is one of the bigger email clients that people utilize. So people will no longer get your emails. They'll go to spam. They'll be like, you're a shady human. Um, so those are some things to think about. Yeah. And I think that another uh, point for like a good tool is if you know you really don't want to, like you want to, you know, benefit from email marketing, but you're like, I have a lot going on and you have the money, then hire somebody. And I would definitely say hire Angelica because she knows her email marketing super, super well. So, you know, reach out and do that. It's, it's a smart idea. Cause I feel like 
you know, not everybody is going to have a hand in every single part of their business. Sometimes you're just like, listen, I have got too much going on for that. But it is such an important part of running a business. It's such a great, you know, having a good email list is a really, really good thing to have. And so like so many people, whether like that's to me what it's such a universal thing, because whether they're service based, whether they're product based, you know, doesn't matter really the field, there's so many different fields. And a lot of people that are doing really, really, really well have good email marketing skills and they have like a good email list. So if it's something that you're just like, you know, some people like don't want to learn SEO. And I think that totally makes sense to me. Like, yeah, why would everybody want to learn it? So, you know, with certain things, you're just like, I'm going to hire somebody else out. And so if you've listened to this episode and you're just like, yeah, I don't want, no, that's not for me, then just hire somebody. And yeah, I hire Angelica. That's who I would hire. So <laughs> well, maybe not hire me because I am booked to the brim. If you have the dollars, I'll make it happen. I'll just say, connect with me and I will find yeah. an email genius for you to work with because there are plenty of people who are looking to, who have been let go, honestly. You don't know. There could be like a sultan listening and you might want to, you know, make some room on your roster for like a, a sultan. Um, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know what like, uh, like, I guess there's not like a, a woman version of a sultan but i was looking for a word like that <laughs> uh, look uh <laughs> thoughts about we're not getting into it this is a business podcast um we also want to talk about ways and tools that you can utilize to build the graphics and the design stuff in emails and what's cool about email is that it's old school it's still built on table so once you get into html back in by the way if you've ever built websites or myspace layouts back in the day and you're like oh that's the only html i need Spoiler alert, that's all you need to build emails because it's just tables. It has not evolved in any way. There's been attempts. There have been people who've tried. There are people who actually do a little bit more forward-facing stuff. But at the end of the day, emails are still built on tables. So that being said, design-wise, typically your graphics are only 600 pixel wide. That is the standard. <laughs> that is it. You can only make things 600 pixel wide in an email. Even if you make something bigger and you use a drag-and-drop client, they're going to resize it for you to be 600 pixels wide because that is typically what you do. So you can utilize tools like Canva, which is, again, we're going to always go up for Canva because it's free. It's drag and drop. It's easy. It's graphic power for people who do not have graphic design degrees. There are templates that are already built in that can help you uh, utilize this. I use Canva actually to take my designs and animate them for email yeah. because Canva does a good job of compressing the, si the file size. Mm -hmm. And that's helpful for me because then I can just export it as a GIF file and put it into my emails. And then I have animated things in my emails to send people to get them excited, but it's not bogging down their phones or their email browsers and they can't open the emails and then I get spanned. So that is a good example. If you're a designer and you're like, Canva sketchy, I don't like it, but I do want to make my emails a little fun. I just drop it into Canva, put a little sparkle GIF into it, export the, the GIF um, completely, and then just drop it into my email client. And it's really helps with my conversion just because people respond to things that are animated. That's just the way the internet works. People love shiny, fancy things. Um, you can always obviously build your emails in Photoshop or Illustrator, export your slices like you used to do back in the day, <laughs> which is what I do for some clients because they still do that. That's totally fine. Um, other design to, I mean, again, there's all those, you can do it in Figma, you can do it in the sketch, you can build emails in any design tool. Um, you could even do it in Microsoft Word, don't recommend it, but you could do it. 
So <laughs> once you get that that and, portion in, and do it in Flowdesk as well. So that yeah, you don't. Yeah, you can do it directly in Flowdesk or even Mailer Lite. They already have the templates there. You can just change the right. colors, the fonts, etc. Mailchimp as well. They already have templates. A lot of templates that you can buy for those platforms are actually on places like Creative Market as well that are already built out, and you can just or Etsy. So there's so many different options to make your emails nice and fancy without being a graphic designer or as my favorite like tip, hire someone, <laughs> as we talked about before. Yeah. Hire your email marketing person who can set up your emails, hire your designers who can design your emails, and then you have a dream team of an email marketing team that you don't are not required now to go back to YouTube Academy and figure out how to do it. Right. Yourself. Yeah. And I say keep in mind like you can do like a combination of these things. So let's say that you're like, okay, I found this one. It's kind of easy to use, but I really want something more customizable. But I do want to be able to like make some changes myself down the road. Like you don't want to kind of be completely out of the process. Like you can still hire somebody and work with like an easier, you know, to use, uh, you know, system and have them kind of like you can pay them to set it up. You can pay them like maybe you're like, oh, during holidays, I want my emails like on another level, like maybe you have them coming in during certain times of the year. And then other times, maybe things are a little bit uh, more on the simple side. And you just kind of like, you know, plug that stuff in yourself. So, you know, don't be afraid to mix and match and find like the best style for you. Yep, exactly. It's a work in progress. I will say my last kind of tip for email marketing is testing. A-B testing is so important with email marketing because you don't know the right answer. Out of the box, even an expert cannot explain certain things, why people open certain emails. We have an idea. We have hypothesis. But we don't have any like final choices or options or whatever until you yeah. send it to your audience and see how it works. So definitely A-B testing emails as often as possible. Every one of these platforms has A-B testing built in. And that basically just means you send one set of emails to a certain a group of your audience and another email from maybe a different subject or a different image to a different email uh, set of your audience. And then you get to see which one performs the best. And that's fun if you're a data nerd like yeah. myself, where you like to know what works and what's not. I honestly what used to A-B test a lot with using emojis in the subject. <laughs> and emojis Ooh. in my subject actually do better than without them um because okay. that's just it makes me look friendly i was saying <laughs> i am shocked that um you were like even putting emojis but i guess because know. people open the email i open all your emails <laughs> i just never because to me i just look at when i see that it's you know your business i just open it so i don't even read the i'm like oh i just don't even you know i'm like i don't even re need to read the subject i'm gonna do it but i could see that yeah I could definitely see that. And it makes you, like, for me, I'm like, I'm going to be, like, excited if I see, like, a happy emoji. And it's of course you are, because you are those people who are happy about <laughs> If it's, like, Christmas or Halloween and I'm seeing my Christmas Halloween emojis, absolutely, yeah, yes, I'm going to open it up 100%. So, yeah. People definitely, they do respond more to the Christmas tree and the jack-o'-lantern emoji in the email. Those are my favorite emojis, period, those two. Right there. Um, so again, we just talked about a very, very small aspect of email marketing. If you know more, if you're an email marketing pro fish, send us your information. We can have yeah, you on to talk about it and you can school us and get us together on tips and tricks that we don't know about. Because again, as a general marketer, this is like, again, I'm a jack of all trades, but an expert of only like design. So I can do most things. I am not an expert at like anything but designing things. <laughs> but 
Okay, you're definitely an expert at more than that. Yeah. Is definitely not true. Um, there are people. One hundred percent true. You're like a genius, Angela. So, well, I appreciate it, but it definitely ain't true. Um, so, as always, if you have any questions, get in touch with us on Instagram, a Heart Hustle Podcast, Twitter, Heart Hustle Pod. Use the hashtag boss so hard. Send us your very fun emails, like screenshots. Yes. If you have a great newsletter, I and I love newsletters. So please let us know. We would love to check it out. I also want to mention that next week in the podcast, we are going to have a lawyer coming on. Um, and she's going to talk to us about all things, you know, entrepreneurship and law. Um, so if you have questions that you would like to ask a lawyer, like an actual lawyer and not us, <laughs> um, let us know and we will ask those questions next week. You can just slide into, you know, my DMs or the DMs of podcast or email us, however you want to get a hold of us. I'll be looking out for those questions so we can add them into the podcast for next week. Absolutely. Um, as always, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or the little green app that starts with an S. Um, and we will read those. I'll probably read those this week because I'm, I'm behind a little bit on checking those. So thanks so much as always. And we will see you again next week with Takora on the podcast. So bye, friends. Have a great week. Bye. <laughs>